Welcome to the Kill Rock Podcast. This is episode 39 featuring Tim Kayyem from Kayyem Interviews. Before we get started, I want to let you guys know that today's episode of the Kill Rock Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. AudibleTrial.com backslash Kill Rock is your place to get your free 30-day trial and free audiobook download. That is AudibleTrial.com slash Kill Rock.
What's up, Kill Rockus? This is episode 39 of the Kill Rock podcast entitled Kyam Podcast with Tim Kyam from Kyam Interviews. Thank you guys for joining us once again last week. My gosh, you guys killed it with Michael Sweet from Striper almost setting a single day download record. Not close to Good Luck Varsity, though. Good Luck Varsity still holds the one-day download record. And hopefully you guys break it this week with Kayam Interviews. Tim Kayam, known for his YouTube interviews, as well as uh, drum cams and track-by-track stuff with Silent Planet. And uh, we're going to get to that in just one moment. This has been a crazy week. Here at the Kill Rock Podcast, got done with another interview set to release at the end of the month, and I'll announce that, who it is, at the end of this episode. But on the same day as I did that interview, uh, earlier, it was actually last Monday, I got a text message from my buddy Jimmy Smith at The Noise, who we've had on the show a couple times, and he invited me to come down to the Live Nation office in Hollywood to go check out 68, play on the rooftop. So I was like, how can I pass that up? So I told him I'll be there. I got to do an interview first, but I will be there. And so I got done with the interview uh, of the person that I'm going to announce at the end of the episode and drove straight down to Hollywood. Uh, Set started at 530. I got there right at 520. Jimmy picked me up on the first floor and took me up to the roof. Kind of romantic, very sleepless in Seattle. But we weren't there to make out or anything. We were there to see 68 Jam on top of a rooftop in Hollywood, California. Now, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Jimmy is an amazing dude. You guys heard it here on the show. Uh, You know, me and him, we don't really see eye to eye a lot of times on music. But I'll tell you one thing. He is 100% one of the most genuine people I've ever met. And I think uh, Josh Scoggin and Michael McClellan, they could see that. And so when Jimmy decided to book this, he booked this himself. He And as you all know, his favorite band is The Chariot. He loves 68. So I could tell just them being on the rooftop, this kid was like a kid in a candy store. It was, it was a great time. But when 68 started playing, it was, it, first of all, it was, like, it, was, it was one of those things where, you know, you're kind of playing in front of a few people. Sometimes that might be a little awkward, especially when there's cameras on you, uh, because this whole thing is going to be put on YouTube uh, pretty soon as a whole video for uh, the noise. Uh, you would think that a band kind of going out of its way to perform for a small amount of people uh, people that work there, people that might not necessarily be into their music. Uh, you think it, it might be a little awkward, but for Josh Scoggin and Michael McClellan, these guys, they killed it. You know, I wasn't a huge fan of the album. I liked it, but it's the same thing as The Chariot. I didn't really like The Chariot at first, but when I saw them live, that changed my mind, and now I listen to the records religiously, and now I've been listening to the 68's album, just 68, not the 68, 68's album uh, for the rest, for the past week. 
and uh, I loved it. <clears throat> got to hang out with them afterwards, walking down Hollywood, and uh, just the most legitimate guys that I've ever met in my life. And I'm so proud of Jimmy. He booked an amazing, amazing gig for them, and he's going to come on the show in a few weeks to promote the YouTube video that will be online, 468, live in Hollywood, California, on the rooftop of Live Nation. Also this week, I got to go see Hotel Books and Hearts Like Lions play in Upland at the Grizzly Den. Uh, the venue, it's okay. It has the potential of being a great venue, but for right now, it's just okay. Uh, stages makeshift, which, you know, I mean, it's kind of like playing, it's like a VFW hall, uh, but not so VFW, more banquet ish but one thing i respect about bands that go into these smaller venues and play their hearts out is the fact that they do play their hearts out no matter how many people are there there was this band uh farewell my love that are on standby records they're not on the hotel books hearts like lions tour but they did play a couple dates with them uh one the upland show the the first one and uh these guys uh if you haven't heard of them they're very, uh, sound-wise, at least musically, reminds me a lot of like Black Veil Brides, and with the vocals, it reminds me a lot of My Chemical Romance. At times, I feel like they don't know exactly what they want to do, which is the case for a lot of new bands, whether they're a new band or not. Uh, I don't know too much about them, but it just seems like they don't know exactly what they want to do. Like Song by song, it's not as cohesive, but they do put on a great performance. They put on an amazing performance. They're only playing in front of like maybe 20, 25 people, but you swear you could see them playing on a big arena stage or a huge stage supporting bands like My Chemical Romance and Black Veil Brides and all the arena rock bands that this band fits that perfectly. They didn't let 25 people hinder them from having a performance of a lifetime. And they're great live. Song by song, I think a lot of things can be fixed, but they have the live performance down, and uh, there's a lot of potential for growth there. Hearts Like Lions. I'm going to tell you one thing about Hearts Like Lions. Yes, they were the first band that we've had on the Kill Rock podcast, episode one, Hearts Like Lions. You can go check it out now. Uh, actually, check it out after you listen to this episode. But I'm going to tell you one thing about Hearts Like Lions. First of all, I'm taking credit. Uh, Cam could take all the credit he wants, but I'm going to take credit. If it wasn't for the Kill Rock podcast, they would not be signed to Tooth and L Records. And I say that with the most sarcasm because these guys are an amazing band. And from what I know, they've actually been talking. They were talking to Tooth and L before they were even on the Kill Rock podcast. So I guess I don't win there, but I'm just going to say that, you know, if it wasn't for the Kill Rock podcast, Hearts Like Lions wouldn't be on Tooth and L, whatever. You know, you know how it goes. It's the music biz, man. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm kind of stupid. Um, I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. I'm just being ridiculous. Anyway, I'm gonna tell you one thing about Heart Tech Lions that they are slowly becoming my favorite band out there right now. And I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not you know saying this because they were the first band on this show. Honestly, I only heard one or two songs before I even interviewed them. And uh, it was because Cam told me I should interview them because he's really good friends with them. And, uh, you know, 
live, I mean, their their EP is a great. These Hands EP that was re-released on Tooth & Nail just a couple months ago is an amazing, amazing EP. Uh, they change moods. They change times. They change key signatures. Like, you know, and that's just the theory aspect of it. Songwriting, it's great. And uh, Steven's vocals are, are fit the style very well. They're very uh, from Indian Lakes meets As Cities Burn. And uh, I'll tell you one thing about these guys. Uh, watching them play live, it makes me want to play music again. It makes me 100% want to play music again. Something to that style, but maybe a little more depressing, like brand new. But Hearts Like Lions has it. They have something going on. And hopefully, once they release their full-length record, they could get a, gain a whole bunch more traction. They can tour with huge bands. I mean, they're about to go on tour with the classic crime, but, you know, go on even bigger tours and, uh, you know, just, just cause a dent in the music industry. That's all bands want to do is cause a dent. They're not, they know they're not going to be able to change the whole thing, but they can knock on that door. And Lord willing, the door opens up more and more for Hearts Like Lions. So keep an eye out for them. Pick up these hands EP. Hotel Books. My good friend Cam Smith. He was on the show a couple of weeks ago talking about Run Wild Young Beauty, which will be out April 7th. Guys, go pre-order the album. Pre-order it on iTunes. We're going to have a link up underneath this episode. Go pre-order it on iTunes. Go pre-order it at Invogue Records. Uh, I think it's InvogueRecordsStore.com. If not, I will also have the link for that in the description. Hotel Books, Cam Smith. Man. I mean, he's a genuine person. You could talk to him, and he's the same on stage as he is off. Maybe he's a little more silly off stage, but he is the same on stage and off stage. And I think his crowd could feel that. They could, they could tell that he is the same person. You know, uh, I'm standing there watching him go through their set, mostly old songs. I mean, I am so happy they played Ghost Can't Love which will be hashtagged on every single episode of the Kill Rock podcast to gain uh, some traction because Ghost Can't Love is the most sought-out Tumblr hashtag in the world. I digress. But, you know, playing old songs and then, you know, jamming Run Wild Young Beauty and also playing Constant Conclusion, which is the second track off the new album. Um, these kids, these kids were super into them. I was super into them. I mean, my heart sunk once or twice, you know, just watching my friend on stage play his music, play his jams. And I go back to the days when we met, and we met in Pasadena when Silent Planet was playing in at No Future Cafe, and I think The Proja was playing it too, and Hotel Books was playing it. I, uh, I think it was the tour kickoff. Silent Planet was leaving with Hotel Books to tour California and whatnot. And uh, that's where I met Cam. And that's where we actually, that's where we became good friends. Uh, I, I kind of just flash back to the day, watching him on stage, you know, by himself, speak out these poems that are in his head with all the raw emotion in the world. All of it. And then fast forward a little bit after that, when he is basically like the Jim, the Jeff Ross uh, you know, the Comedy Central roast guy, the comedian. He's basically the Jeff Ross of our the Barroja's final show, 
going up between bands, telling his poems while they set up their equipment. And uh, I, I don't know if I thank Cam enough for what he did that night, uh, but fast forward from that and seeing him play with his full band for the first time. It was the first time I've even seen him perform since our last show, which was almost, and it was two years ago. It's over two years ago now. And uh, he kills it. He kills it on stage. And his band kills it. Dan, Caleb, and, uh, and Andy, they kill it. And uh, I suggest you all go check them out. Go pre-order Run Wild Young Beauty. Also, go check them out when they're on the Defeater Tour with capsized counterparts, or as Cam likes to say, the counterparts, which is incorrect and inaccurate. Uh, and so many other bands on the tour. Better Off. Go check out Better Off also. Drummer from Better Off uh, is the drummer for Bandit. So go check them out. I can't think of his name, and now I feel so stupid. But Hotel Books, they killed it in Upland on uh, Thursday night. That was Thursday night. Hearts Like Lions and Hotel Books. I guess that was my concert review. My concert review of the month. I guess. I don't know. Anyways, go check out those bands. Go check out 68 if you haven't yet. Go check out Hearts Like Lions. Go check out Hotel Books. Also, go check out Farewell, My Love. Uh, you know, stylistically, it's not really my thing, but if you listen to the Kill Rock podcast and you like that, you like My Chemical Romance and Black Veil Brides and whatnot, you're going to love them. Go check out Farewell, My Love. Thank you guys for tuning in again here at the Kill Rock Podcast. We are going to get to Tim Kaim in just one moment. Just one thing before, rate and review. Go to your iTunes, go to your Stitcher, go to your Podomatic. You could do that while listening to this episode. Rate and review. Give us five stars. Let us know what you like about the show. Let us know what you dislike about the show. You know, just... Just give us your feedback. That's all we want. Also, if you want to give us your feedback without giving us a rate and review, which is perfectly fine, you could email myself personally, Keith, K-E-I-T-H, at killrockpodcast.com. Also, if you're an independent band and you want your jams played here on the Kill Rock Podcast, you could also email me at Keith at killrockpodcast.com. Ask for information, and I will let you know how you could get your stuff played here on the Kill Rock Podcast. We're going to play a song for you guys here before we get to Tim Kayyem from Kayyem Interviews. Earlier, we played American Arsons, Joseph the Dreamer, A Brother Betrayed, off the EP, The Vine and the Branches. This is a song by Evan Baker's old band, Good Luck Varsity. This is Hail Sham Pavilion. Here on the Kill Rock Podcast. She's asleep on my shoulder. Barricade the 
Today we have Tim Kayam. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Owner of a dope hat. Yeah, angels. In the California <laughs> angels. The California angels. Yeah, California angels. Uh, Tim Kayam from Kayam Interviews. Uh, I guess he's kind of a YouTube personality nowadays. Yeah. How's it going, bud? Nice. Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Just uh, chilling. It's literally chilling. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's like this is the coldest weather I've felt in a long time. <laughs> Especially Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we don't get much of it, but. Whatever, it's all good. Uh, so, how's it been going? Uh, you you just got s- done doing some interviews, uh, and actually, you released uh, the Silent Planet track by track and uh, was it the night? Sorry, the night God slept. Yeah. Uh, uh, album. How was that? It was good. Um, and how, oh wait, how'd you set that up? Uh, okay, well, the we set it up through just Garrett. Like okay. I've been talking to Garrett for a while now. Actually, like. It was really funny. Silent Planet I heard of not through normal means of, like, this music scene, which is so weird to me because they are a band that's, like, emerged, like, significantly, you know? And um, I just... I kind of knew Garrett through APU, which is where I went to college, so... And uh, I will... uh, I think it's the right way. Actually, I got this Uh on uh, Garrett's... uh, uh, kitchen table. Oh, really? I had a friend that actually, it was, see, it was almost like I knew Silent Planet two ways because one of my friends, Josh, had actually roomed Josh, who? Josh Rivera. Yeah, that's one of my best friends. Okay, yeah, Josh. So yeah, I, I he wasn't, we, we did the project together. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, I knew Josh through CCB, right. uh, which is the church I, I, I used to go to. Okay. A lot. And, and then I knew, um, Basically, I had heard of Silent Planet through APU. So basically, people were telling me, "Oh, you do interviews. You do stuff with metal. Have you heard of Silent Planet? Have you heard of Silent Planet? Have you heard of Silent Planet?" And I'm like, "No, no, no. I've never heard of this band, Silent Planet. They're probably just some bad local band. I don't want to do anything with them." And then pretty soon, one of my friends was like talking to 
their old bass player Garrett, and yeah. I was like, okay, well, all right, now maybe I should give them a try because it was a little bit closer to home, like right. one of my good friends. So I was like, okay, so I checked them out, and I was like, holy moly, these guys are like really good. So I was yeah, like, they're not bad. Yeah, they're I was, not bad. <laughs> yeah, I was super impressed, and I was following them, and not only just from a music standpoint, but like the the things they believed in, and the, right. the way they blog, and the way they talk on social media, it really intrigued me. So I I followed them for a while, and. I kept telling Garrett every time I'd see him at local shows, I'm like, hey, dude, we need to do something, we need to do something. But anyways, the track by track specifically came about through Garrett um, and I, and I was just basically saying, dude, you have such good lyrics, and these track by tracks, they exist everywhere online for other bands, and you have the most in-depth lyrics I can think of, so why don't we do a track by track? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'd love that, man. You know, he's really easy going. Yeah, and so I just told him, I texted him, I was like, when are you free? And he's just like... Um, I'll be around Pasadena area in, you know, I think it was a, a Friday or a Saturday or something. Okay. And so we just met up at a random local show that my friends were playing, uh, a band called Carried Weight. Okay. So they're, uh, they're playing at the Grizzly Den. And so I met him up there and we oh, just wow. did it in the back, like it, behind the venue. <laughs> now, not to get off subject from Sign Planet, but yeah. how is the Grizzly Den? Because uh, Hotel Books and Hearts Like Lions are about to play there mm-hmm. in a couple, maybe a couple weeks. And I'm about to go. I love Hearts Like Lions. I'm excited yeah. to see them. But how is that venue? It's a good venue. Um, I think it's like interesting because it's like got that kind of almost like DIY, like house show vibe, but it actually can handle like a huge capacity like i'd say it's like as big as chain if not bigger you know and so i think it has a lot of potential for like really good shows and they have a bar there even like their own little like no is it is it where where exactly is it um to be honest i don't remember i got off like on some random exit in upland and i went down i think 8th street or 10th street or something it's over there so it's it's not in the uptown there because we used to play at the Mm -hmm. wire a lot Oh, no, 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 yeah, not, not, no, no, not in that area. Okay. I do remember the wire, though. Yeah. yeah. That was there nice was no venue. bar there. Yeah, no bar there. <laughs> I like that venue, though. That was tight. It was small, but it was really cool. I yeah. thought, like, a lot of my friends played it, and so that was, like, for me, since it was closer to Glendora, right. it was, it was like, the chain reaction for me. And it was so sad when it closed down. Mm-hmm. I, that, and that was my thoughts, too. It was very chain reaction because uh-huh. it was small, small stage, uh, and it, but the sound was I think I don't know if the sound was like always better than Chain, but it, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty. Uh, I think it was good. It was good, yeah. I um, so, how did you get into the interviewing? You did talk about. I don't know if we recorded it, but you did mention that uh, you do stuff with flipping music. Yeah. Um, how did you get into just the whole YouTube? Yeah. Um, okay, so YouTube in general, I guess like, well, to to go from the very beginning, I've always loved music. I guess. Mm. And I've always been fascinated with interviews. Like, I was a huge Seosin fan, and so I would watch every single Seosin, like, interview there was, just because I want to know what they're saying about their music. I want to know more. And I've just been always, like, a very curious person, I guess. So um, I saw a buddy of mine, uh, Taylor. He does YouTube drums. Uh, Like, he has his own drum channel. Taylor who? Taylor Garcia. Sounds familiar. Um, Yeah, he works at Guitar Center in Covina. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah. he he plays in in a band here or somewhere around here called Me in the City. They're like a folkish okay. indie band. And by the way, before you keep on, Guitar Center and Covina, they hook it up. Yeah, they're good. I'm just saying. I like them. That's where I got this baby. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's cute. I want to get one of those, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it works. Uh, I was actually in a bind one day because I lost the USB port to my mixer, and I was oh. like, you know what? I need this for interviews outside, so yeah, decided to do that. Anyways, um, 
uh, Taylor Garcia. Yeah. So I knew Taylor Garcia. He's been a good friend of mine since I was like in middle school. Like okay. we used to be best friends. So we're friends on Facebook, like everyone else from you know middle school yeah, and high right. school. You know, you just keep in contact very vaguely. And so um, I saw that he was posting his drum videos, and he said, "Oh, thanks to my buddy Robert Herrera for shooting this." Okay, and, I know Robert. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, "Who's this Robert Herrera guy?" And I, just out of curiosity, like I guess I. I was like, he's pretty good at filming, you know? So I looked, and I see that he's interviewing, like, you know, everyone. Like, everyone on the Warped Tour scene. Like, he had interviewed Kevin Lyman, all these things. And I was like, what? Like, this guy's got to be a hot shot. Like, this is cool, you know? <laughs> and so I was kind of uh, blown away by that. And so I basically was creepy, I think. I messaged the dude. I don't even know him, Robert Herrera. And I'm like, hey, man, I see what you're doing. This is awesome. I would love to do something like this. Can you tell me something? Do you need a business license to do this? Like, what do I need? What credentials do I need to do what you're doing? Right. And because I figured it was something a lot more legitimate, I guess. Like, I thought you had to be a licensed business. I thought you had to, I don't know, be a part of some publishing or some sort yeah. of like, I guess, like listing. Right. Some something that met some sort of credentials, like I guess. Doing business as type thing. Yeah. yeah. So, and then he was like, now, nah, man, like, go at it like this is how I do it and I just kept asking him questions like every day like <laughs> at being like really annoying and I'm just like hey man hate to be annoying again I'm so sorry <laughs> but can you tell me how you do this can you tell me how you do this hey can you tell me how you do this and so I just ask him little questions like that all the time and so basically it got to the point where uh, me and Robert like became really good friends he's like a really good friend of mine now and he's like been the nicest person to me since like the very beginning so I like owe everything to that guy. I love him, and he's what got me into this. So I basically the reason why I chose YouTube over everything was because I just figured I wasn't shy in front of a camera. Like right. I've done acting like since I was in like high school, so right. I wasn't like worried about it at all. Now are you shy in front of the bands? Um, I don't <laughs> what, know. What, what's the most starstruck you've ever gotten? Honestly, I I, I swear to this day, I think because maybe it was near the beginning, um, but I at at the point. I went I, when I did my first warp tour was 2011 right or 2013 it was 2013 it was two years ago and um, it was it was like the, the bill where it was like Memphis may fire never shout never right. we came as Roman it was stacked like sleeping with sirens like everyone was on that right. bill and I was like whoa this is cool and I was like I didn't think I'd get into warp tour at all and I applied and at that time I don't think I had like two or three interviews up and it was like real friends at the time when they were nobodies they right. had like 20,000 likes on Facebook um, and the seeking and they okay, said only had 20,000 yeah. likes yeah they only had tw well 20,000 likes for a com band compared to now yeah exactly yeah. to now they're yeah. huge they're yeah. like a staple in the pop punk genre now. right like they are like one of the biggest I agree with you 100% on them yeah so I was like I didn't even know who they were I, I, honestly at that point I probably wouldn't have done the interview because I'm not a huge pop punk guy but right. I did it because I said I think their music's pretty good mm -hmm. and I said and they're a bigger band than I've ever interviewed right so and then I also got for some reason I got an interview with uh, Dan Trapp from Census Fail oh wow so that was nice. like my first really big interview I right. think but at that point I mean even then um, Census Fail wasn't incredibly relevant you know and so I didn't I was still incredibly stoked because Census Fail is a right. band I listened to in high school. Because like, that was that was uh, was that before or after Renas Rene, I can't even pronounce it Renasser. Oh, uh, was, that was right when it was releasing. Yeah, okay. So it was pretty relevant. Like I did have, but they, but they weren't doing like they weren't releasing Still Searching or Let It Unfold. No, no, yeah. no. This was right when that album was coming out because right. I remember I had questions geared toward that album. Right. So um, yeah, I asked him about that album, whatever, and 
So basically, I didn't think I'd get into Warp Tour at all, and I got into Warp Tour. And the most starstruck I ever got was when uh, I saw Christopher Drew from Never Shot Never. <laughs> and it sounds super lame, but I mean, I used to listen to like him all the time. You know, it's just because it's like I don't know, it's catchy little feel-good music, I right. guess. And so. I saw him smoking a cigarette by Robert's tent, and thank God, Robert, again, I was, Robert was, like, my buddy, you know, I, like, was still He was your wingman? He was my wingman, yeah, Yeah. and he was, like, just a couple spaces over from my, like, little setup, and so he had, like, the big camera and the banner and everything, and I'm just like, oh, like, I want to be like you someday, and so (laughs) I, like, I was, you know, going over to check in with Robert, you know, he was helping me, like, helping me with contacts and helping me, like, you know, um, talk to, like, you know, um, Michelle from Epitaph and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like these big publicists. And so um, I basically was going over to his tent because I saw Christopher Drew there and I thought he was interviewing him and I wanted to watch it. And he wasn't doing an interview, I don't think. Maybe he did, but Christopher Drew was just smoking a cigarette and then I saw this guy um, kind of overwatching him and Taylor and Hayden, the other two members. And so I was like, he looked like a manager. I just got that vibe. Right. So I went over to him and I was like, you're their manager, right? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, man, I'd really love to do an interview with Never Shout Never someday. I just said someday. Right. And he said, yeah? He's like, well, yeah, let's let's see if we can schedule one up. And Because they were pre-approved only that day. Right. Like, so they literally had, I saw on the sign-in sheet, there was like three, three people interviewing oh, wow. them for the entire day. Oh, wow. So I was like, man, and they were headlining, you know, they were like, well, not headlining, but they were main stage, yeah. and they're a huge band, you know, like yeah. Never Shout Never, the whole Brian Stars thing. Yeah. I wanted to get an interview with them for, for real. So I, uh, I, he basically was like, yeah, well, someone just dropped out, so we have time. If you want, where are you nice. located? And I was like, oh, I'm over by the bus over there. He's like, all right, all right, yeah, we'll go over there. And then sure enough, like, he starts coming over, and I'm just like, honestly it was one of those out of body experiences where I was just like holy crap I'm interviewing like Christopher Drew yeah. from Never Shout Never like I was freaking out man like I really was but I mean obviously I've interviewed people bigger than him right. since now, then yeah. yeah but but that was the biggest thing because that was literally I was like I think that was like my fourth or fifth interview that was like one of my first interviews of the day right. and I was like blown away so that's that. crazy those spur of the moment interviews they're always they're either tough or not i we we actually i'll get an, i'll tell you my starstruck moment in a yeah. moment but uh this kind of segues into uh we we actually did interviews at the same show we both did gideon and fit for a king mm-hmm. at the cobalt oh yeah months yeah. ago yeah and uh with i i wanted to get wolves at the gate yeah. and uh when i went to the show i ran into steven i met steven and uh before that even happened, though, I emailed their publicist maybe like three times. And I knew the publicist because he used to be the publicist for O Sleeper. Okay. And so when I got to the show, I told Stephen, I'm like, dude, yeah, your, your publicist, like, never responded. Probably you might have not just got my emails or whatever. You know, those kind yeah. of worries that you get as a, you know, sending those emails out. And he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's not our publicist anymore. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. So you want to do an interview? Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> and then I just emailed their manager, got the permission. But my uh, first Starstruck moment, uh, Rather than you know being on the bus with with uh, Spencer, um, I did an interview for Indivision with August Burns Red. Oh yeah. And it wasn't even August Burns Red that I got. Like, oh really? Really? No, because I was already in the. I've already done like O Sleeper, and I've done a lot of the bands that I really love. So yeah. August Burns Red, I mean, it was it was an, it was a big deal, but it wasn't huge. But we were in the backstage at the House of Blues in Anaheim, and this was the tour they did with Silverstein. Okay. And Texas in July and. Uh, Shoot. Oh, I the breather. Okay. Because I had I the breather on the show too. Um, but we're in the back room, 
and all of a sudden Shane Told walks into the room. Oh. And I'm not even like the biggest Silverstein fan, but I saw him and then like I stopped the interview. I looked at the guys. It was Dustin and uh, Brett. I looked at him and I looked at Shane and I looked at my camera guy who was John Mediata and he walked yeah. out. I'm like, that's Shane from Silverstein. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what? I was like, what? How? I, and I can't interview him because Indivision's strictly Christian, so I can't yeah. interview Silverstein. So I was like, crap. Dang. And that's, I mean, that brings up a good point because I think that is one of the reasons why I don't interview just Christian bands because I, I am Christian and I, I love supporting the message and I love mm. getting it. That's why, another reason why I want to do the track by track is With, to get that out there. and. Right. And it makes me so happy that out of any story I've gotten published onto AP, it's, it's that, that one. one right? Because that, like, to me is, like, a sign from God. You know, like, that is what you – I mean, not, like, what you should only be doing, but, like, that's the good message that we want to get out. And I don't know. To me, I think that was still partially luck for me to get that on there because – AP's never posted anything of mine, right. so I thought it was really, really Especially because cool. they have their own guys doing interviews, yeah. but it, but you did something different. You did it track by track, Yeah. Uh, especially for a band like Silent Planet, who, uh, I mean, they're probably one of Solid State's top dollars right now. Yeah, they are. They definitely are, like, investing hardcore in They Silent really Planet. are, yeah. And I think anybody is, when they really understand what Silent Planet's going for, I think anyone should invest in them, because they're a really good band, and, like... I think anyone sees them and they know that there's something different and something right. that's definitely going to be long lasting. Right. And so. message and you know message aside, I mean, someone that believes doesn't believe or uh, is even intrigued by the idea of faith, yep. they can listen to Silent Planet and be like, man, these guys write good music. Mm -hmm. And lyrically, they don't push. I mean, they don't necessarily push don't. a subject, but they do have their own opinions, mm -hmm. and that's you know, if you follow them on Facebook, you can see those yeah. opinions. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's like. For today, for example, like, I love still what they do, and I, I love Matty Montgomery. He's, like, one of the nicest guys I've interviewed. But I think that their lyrics, and you compare them to Silent Planets, right. and it's like I would prefer Silent Planets because they can relate more to a broader audience. Right. And they are things that people can attach themselves to. And I think For Today can do that, but I think it's very much, like, kind of Christianese lyrics. Right, yeah. and, and we can only understand them and. I think that is really, like, I think you're missing a lot when you do that. As a bad Christian would say, I'd pour into you, brother. Yeah, yeah <laughs> pour into you, brother. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's talk, uh, that's kind of a good subject, though, for today. Uh, why do you think that bands like For Today or Sleeping Giant, who are very, when they're on stage, they don't just sing about it, they talk about mm -hmm. it from the stage. How do you think they're able to be able to play, you know, these with these vast bands that either they come from, a satanic position or they come from different positions what makes for today and sleeping giant the bands that can't do that um i mean i think they can do it but i just i just think that in general i think it's more an audience thing i think mm -hmm. once it comes to bands it's just kind of like hey well whoever we're, we're placed with we're gonna do it like right. i feel like attila doesn't care if they're on a tour with silent planet because if, a, if Silent Planet's selling, then they don't really care. As long as Silent Planet's drawing for them, they wouldn't care. And you, do you think it would be the same thing with For Today? With For Today? I think that, yeah, I, I think Attila would... I think they have gone on a tour. Didn't they recently go on a tour, Attila and so. For Today? Well, Oh Sleeper, they went on a tour with Falling in Reverse before they yeah. even, you know, had their little thing. Yeah, but it's a common... I, I mean, I think it's pretty common just because it's like, hey, you know, like, 
whatever you you believe whatever and, and I believe whatever and we just do it and we do our own you know and I think it's kind of that like mutual respect thing like you're a musician I'm a musician sure we're different and I'm sure they're they're fine yeah. on tour too like I've they might not be best friends but yeah, yeah. but they're civil and yeah. I mean that's awesome too but I I just think that when it comes to an audience perspective is is mainly what I think is like it's just going to be a lot harder to reach them when you're when you're preaching like that and I I think I mean I do suggest preaching, I guess, mm -hmm. but I would sig I would suggest preaching like Silent Planet does. Yeah. I think and we'll get back to Tim in just one moment, but before we do that, I gotta pay the bills. I have to pay the bills. I know it's not the most fun thing to do, but the show got to keep going, right? As you all know, the Kill Rock Podcast, it's free for you. Free to download, free to listen, free to subscribe. And also, free for you to ridicule if you hate it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but if you want it to continue being free, please help support us here at the Kill Rock Podcast. Go check out audibletrial.com slash killrock. That is the best way for you to help support the Kill Rock Podcast. And you know what? You don't even have to spend a cent to be able to do it. You could cancel it any time before you're even charged. At audibletrial.com slash killrock, you get a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook download of your choice, spanning from books like The Hobbit to Ender's Game to music books to self-help books if you're into that to religious books to Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't care. Pick up anything you want. Every time you sign up, it helps support the Kill Rock podcast. They kick back some cash so we can pay the bills. And you are there with a free Chris Jericho's Best in the World of What I Have No Idea book on your MP3 player or iPhone or Android or Kindle. It works on everything. Go support the Kill Rock podcast, audibletrial.com slash killrock. Also, if you are in a contributing mood, we do have a PayPal button. On the news feed at killrockpodcast.com, just click the news and you're going to see a button that says donate. It goes straight to our PayPal. If you do that, we will figure out a way to uh, hook you up with something. So go check out the donate button. Also take a picture, you know, take a screenshot of what you have done and uh, just let us know. And we will figure out something to shoot your way. If you do that, you can email us at kill.rock.podcast at gmail.com or at myself personally, Keith, at killrockpodcast.com. We're going to play a jam for you guys off one of my favorite bands out there right now. This is Colors. They just got done recording a brand new album out in Los Angeles, California. Stay on the lookout for that. This song is The Machine, off their EP, Skin and Bones. Check them out. Go. Now, check out colors. This is The Machine, here on the Kill Rock Podcast. Once I was new, made the softest sounds, all for the truth, as our bodies Time is each's machine beyond repair. 
Christian chit chat, but do you believe in the term Christian band? Christian band? I mean, I think that because people are so attached to that idea, it mm-hmm. does. But I mean, the best scenario, which I'm sure you've heard before, that everyone's saying is like, oh, like, does Steven Spielberg call his movies a Jewish film? And it's like, <laughs> you yeah. know, no, yeah. he doesn't. It's 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 all art and it's different, you know, and it's it's categorized by music, not by religion. Right. But I do think that since it sells and since people are so attached to that idea and people are so quick to be like yeah I don't like them because they're Christian or yes I love them because they're Christian right. and it really like Under Oath probably wouldn't have been as successful as they were if they if they weren't Christian you because don't think so I, I, I mean I think they would have still been successful but mm-hmm. I think the fact that you can hit up like my church friends from mm-hmm. that I've met from church that are homeschooled sheltered and basically like spoon fed everything their parents want them to know I can talk to them to this day and say, hey, what heavy bands do you listen to? Or they can be like, oh, you work with metal bands? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know Under Oath. I listen to Under Oath. <laughs> yeah, right, because right. Because they were the only band that I could tell my parents I can listen to right. that don't cuss and that would, like, have Christian lyrics. Right. Or my parents couldn't understand what they were saying, and I would say they're Christian. And that was the best part. Yeah. Ex- so, I mean, <laughs> it was cool. I think that that reached a huge demographic. But I also think, though, that Under Oath got huge, too, because of the fact that that time in general was so geared towards the Warped Tour scene. Like, everyone was seen back then. I agree with that, yeah. You know? I agree. And it's been, because, I mean, they've even came out and said that a lot of uh, their only chasing safety was based off, you know, Warped Tour bands, like Taking Back Sunday, or, I mean, Jimmy Eat World isn't necessarily a a Warped Tour band, but I believe uh, Bleed American came out, or Futures came out Mm -hmm. around that time, and that, you know, that really inspired them to write their only chasing safety, and with that whole metal feel, it's just crazy how they did that. Yeah, I mean that what they had was I don't think a band will probably even like be as big as that like I don't, ever again. I don't either. Like I people, really don't. someone told me. Um, I think it was my friend from Mother Sound. He was like, I was like, there. I was. I told him I said Silent Planet's gonna be huge, and he said, Yeah, I'm thinking under oath huge and i said no. i said let me stop you though because nobody's gonna be under oath no. huge like i if anything they're gonna be they'll be like august burns red huge exactly I don't that's what i said because august burns red never even reached that under oath platform yeah and that's exactly what i said i said they're gonna be like uh, the next august burns red and that's where he said i'm thinking the next under oath and i said i don't know about that because the scene but, just isn't yeah, the same that also that also revolves i mean if we're gonna talk popularity yeah no i don't think anyone could be as big as Under Oath or even those like 2003 screamo bands like Census Fail or Thrice or any yeah. of those bands but 
they can be like Under Oath in a sense if they start if they evolve their music like Under Oath did. Yeah, I because August Burns Red never evolved. That's true. Really. Yeah, they really did. And I think Silent Planet, what they do have aside from August Burns Red, is that they are more not hipster indie in a sense of like what they sound like at all, but what they the, the vibe the vibe yeah, yeah because they're artsy and like I even talked to Garrett about I was like oh you know like who's your tour photographer like I wanna I wanna meet him I wanna talk to him and they're like oh you know. Um, uh, I don't want to butcher his name, but it's 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 something Kemp, J- Jason Kemp or something like that. Okay. But he's like he has exactly what we want, and I'm like okay, I understand because right. they are going for a certain look, and you know they are they have to market themselves as a certain image, and they have very good merch. They have a very good image going for them, and it's it's similar to Bean as an Ocean, similar to um, other bands that do really well right. with merch, and it's. It's not a gimmick, but it's what you want to be perceived and as. They you push know? their merch really well. Yeah. Um, speaking of looks, though, what is the look that you are going for when it comes to your interviews? Um, you know, I don't. That's a good question because I don't really even know. Like, I guess a lot of people like think I have like a uniform or something when it comes to interviews because I always wear like the same shirt and I always wear like usually the same hat around. Maybe I don't know, but it's kind of like my look, I guess. But I don't. I mean, I really just wear those because it's something that when I go to shows so that people can recognize me easier, um, not like people that watch my interviews, but like artists right. so that I can be like more recognizable to them and familiar. And so I try to have that as my uniform, I guess, but not for a strategic reason. Like, right. like Brian it's stars, more so, it's more so a networking. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's more of just trying to be a familiar face, right. I guess. And so, but for like my viewers, I guess I don't really, to me, I kind of take the back seat with what I want myself to be looked at. I guess I just really want people to get good content, good questions. And if, I mean, it helps to have a band that I really care about because right. those are going to get the better questions. Like Silent Planet, I really cared about. So that interview, not the track by track, but the actual interview that right. came first. And we did, we interviewed at that same show too. Oh, really? The, Malone's. Yeah, Malone's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was there earlier, though, because that was the 29th, I remember, and that was the Issues headliner. So I had to go there early, like, I think 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Okay. Do it quick, and then had to leave, drive to San Diego. Because oh, it shoot. was in, uh, yeah, the House of Blues. So Issues, the headlining, their headliner was going through, so I had to go to every single date with mm-hmm. uh, Flippin', because okay. that's our, like, baby Issues. Okay. Issues is our baby. <laughs> So, so Jared Alonji is your mortal enemy. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. No, actually, I've talked to Jared before about doing something like uh, an interview with one of his fake right. bands or whatever. I've been want- I even emailed him to get on the show, but he's yeah. been busy doing his album stuff. So. Yeah, he might be able to do a Skype thing or something. I'm sure he can find some time. Right. But um, I really like video interviews, so I'm like gonna wait till he comes out here i know it'll happen because he's he's got a lot going for him and he's definitely gonna he's an important person so he'll be out here soon you can't be that important and not make your way here so i, I mean he, he could totally do a tour with all of his different bands oh yeah he could definitely do that he's he, how much did he raise sixteen thousand dollars or nineteen thousand dollars i think he raised more than that. i think he yeah. got up to he raised uh i think he raised eighteen and nineteen thousand dollars but then he actually it actually amounted it came out to be like twenty two yeah that, that sounds right mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah, so he's especially for a YouTube guy. Yeah, he's, when are you gonna kickstart? He's blown up. Yeah, I mean, I need to do like something comedy based, I guess. But 
I don't know. I, I guess we're starting a. Uh, <laughs> I guess we're starting a YouTube channel now. Right? Yeah, right. I need to. <laughs> I need to do something comedy based because that's the stuff that actually goes viral. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's hard interviewing bands sometimes. Yeah, it is. It's every band's different. That's the thing that's like you'll think you're gonna have the best interview ever. Right. Like <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the Maddie Mullins interview, but that's what. I didn't, but okay. I my my buddy did. Okay. Cause my buddy he works for the noise and uh-huh. uh, he studies on this stuff because he's starting he's getting his YouTube stuff going. Okay. But uh, uh, was it with Fit for a King when we did that show? Uh, nothing. To get, I mean Ryan Kirby was an awesome guest. Uh-huh. I couldn't get more than twelve minutes out of him oh, because okay. and I mean look at it we're at like a half hour. Yeah. And this went by fast, but I guess you know some people are just used to doing interviews and they're used to giving the quick answers. So by twelve minutes I'm like. I'm out of questions. Yeah. How am I going to do true. a whole episode with this? That's true. Yeah. He is, he's a, he's very simple, like in what he, I guess, speaks about and whatnot. And he's very to the point. So I could see that. Being, yeah. And there's nothing, I mean, obviously nothing yeah. wrong with that. He's it, really nice. He's probably the best screamer I've seen live yeah. in a really long time. Yeah. I just saw them, what, like two days, two, with three the days August ago. With August Burns Red. Red. Yeah. And that was an amazing show. He, like every time I told my friend this. I'm like, every time I see Fit for a King, I'm reminded of how good they are live. Because I forget, for some reason, I forget every time. But every time, they always show me again, like, oh, you forgot, dude. Look how good we are. Because there's, like, there's a difference between the record. I mean, maybe not Slave to Nothing, because mm-hmm. Slave to Nothing's kind of, it's a little more raw than Creation Destruction. Yeah. But uh, they do, uh, you don't want to sound different from your albums live, but mm-hmm. they do kind of. They yeah. sound more raw live. Yeah, they're really good. And yeah, Ryan definitely holds his own <laughs> I, so. I think if we're gonna talk solid if we're gonna talk metal in general I think I have to say he's probably the top metal screamer yeah. right now I like a lot uh, Michael Barr from volumes okay I, I like Rory from Dayseeker. Ro- okay Gro- I, I didn't really well I didn't grow up with Rory but we did play a lot of shows uh-huh. with uh, with arms like yours and Southern Lights and Dayseeker. Yeah. Uh, Dayseeker actually played our last show um, I always thought before I even played with them or seen them live, I always thought that Rory was this big guy. And I've said it on the show before. I thought he was this big guy. His voice. He's like a four year strong looking <laughs> dude. And then I met him like, who the heck is this little Mexican kid? Yeah. Like he's like nothing. <laughs> That's and, so funny. And he just belts it. Like, yeah. He belts it. That was and, he, <laughs> and he's gotten so much better over the years. Yeah. Especially Dayseeker. That was, like, one of the things that, um, I, cause I show my dad, like, every band I'm interviewing, cause I just, I'm, that's, like, the way we bond is music, so, I showed my dad Dayseeker, and he was like, wow, that's coming out of that little guy, and I'm just like, I mean, I, 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 he's not a huge guy, he's, he's very, just, he's, uh, but a lot of those screamers that, I mean, Spencer Chamberlain, do you think that voice could come out of that little guy? No, no way, and, I mean, it's interesting, so, I mean, but yeah, I but no, I've noticed the things like the more powerful screams and whatnot because I've like brought up those vocalists specifically mm-hmm. to like my friends that scream, right. and they're like, yeah, those screamers are really good, but they don't have much range. And like for me, it's not about range. Like there's like, oh, you know, Michael Barr mostly has one tone, Rory mostly has one tone. When it comes with volumes, they have two screamers, so they could yeah do that. Mm-hmm. And then when Rory screams, he also sings, so you can't really say he has no exactly real you know. There's no variation in his voice because he's mm-hmm. when he sings he has a ton of variation. In yeah, his voice. and he's very powerful. Like, yeah, like you said, he belts it. That's like the best way I can describe it. He belts it, and and I just I love Rory's vocals, and I've talked to him about him before, and I'm just like blown away at how good he is. So 
those are my favorites, gamers. <laughs> I just realized we've had a lot of the same guests. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> we had volumes, we had Dayseeker. Yeah. We had, and then King. obviously we went, yeah, Fit for King, Silent Planet, and uh, Gideon. Gideon, Gideon as well. Yeah, I but I think Gideon. we all talked, when we both talked to Ryan, when you talk you when you talk to Silent Planet, you talk to Igor, Garrett, and uh, Mitch. Mitch, yeah. yeah. And then with Gideon, I talked to Jake. I actually, it was actually oh, Jake's, Jake. Yeah. It was Jake's first interview. Oh, really? Yeah, and he had a cold. Oh and yeah, I remember he did yeah. because yeah, we did, we were doing a jump cam that show. Yeah, and he was right, like, yeah. I have, he's like, I have a really bad cold. He's like, Are you going to the chain show? And I was like, Yeah. And he's like, All right, well, can we redo it there? Because <laughs> he's like, This is my first time playing with a click. And I'm like, What? How are you this good? And this is your first time playing with a click? Like, what? Him, him, and Dallas Taylor were the only guests I've had that were like, <laughs> Yeah, just snoring, just scared. But he did uh, for his first interview, man. He yeah. did a good job. He's a really nice guy, man. Yeah. All the guys in Gideon. They are really nice. They are like it's the a nicest. southern charm. It really is. Yeah, they are so freaking nice. I love them. Now, what's the future for Kaim interviews? Uh, are you going to look into doing more track by tracks or looking to kind of give a little more variation out of your channel? Um, you know what? I kind of take it day by day, I guess. I don't have like a huge plan or anything, but I really, really want to do... I do want to do more track by tracks, but... I think it has to be a band that I really don't mind editing that content because right. I mean it took a lot of time for me and I guess I'm just not used to it because I'm not a crazy editor right. so like for me going through like 30 minutes of footage splicing it up like cutting every, it down to 30 yeah, yeah. Cutting or it, 21 I mean yeah 21 minutes so it was like it, it was just a lot but I mean it took me like three or four days like obviously not like completely right. <laughs> I didn't completely go four days straight but you know what I mean it, it took a while for me to like like all right break time whatever so I want to do more track by tracks I want to do more interviews but I, I really want to try I feel like this might be the year for me to finally be able to get like the big the big guys because I want to be able to get everyone in this genre meaning right. I want to be able to get a day to remember sleeping with sirens pierce the veil like no problem and I've had problems doing that and even like Blackville Brides, they're playing next week, and I still haven't heard back from their tour manager, so we'll see. Right. But, um, yeah, I really want to get like the big guns, and if it doesn't happen this year, then I'll probably just like do, I'll probably try and change something up, I guess. But I want to just keep doing drum cams, keep doing interviews, um, doing little like tour updates if I can go on tour with bands. Right. So there were talks of me going on tour with some bands so we'll see how that goes out for i feel like by the end of the year i'll for sure be on at least a couple tours but right. um because i've already been on one with a micro relocate so that was really cool we went on that the word alive headliner okay. with uh color morale and our last night and dead rabbits or bad rabbits bad rabbits, bad rabbits. Yeah. Our last night, good band. Yeah, they're super. Yeah, they've gotten a lot tight. better over time too. Yeah, they're crazy good. I just talked to Trevor at that August Burns Red okay. show actually, and we always talk YouTube every time, because <laughs> he is, uh, you know, they're like YouTube famous. They're their own YouTube. Well, because channel. they do all those covers now. Yeah, so I mean, I love talking just film with him, and because they do all their videos themselves. Right. Which oh, is wow. yeah, which is super impressive because they're well shot, they're well lit. They don't look awkward at all. They look like he paid someone. So, I mean, I love talking to him about that stuff. And I got a new lens, like a new fisheye. So I was showing him that. And he's like, oh, that's cool. You know, I'm just talking. I'd like film stuff, I guess. Then he stole it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> just took it. Awesome. Uh, Tim, where can we find uh, Kaim Interviews on the interwebs and stuff? Uh, YouTube.com slash Interviews. And then I'm pretty active on Twitter. So Kaim Interviews on Twitter. 
Instagram. I have Kaim interviews, but also Kaim photography on Instagram is what I'm more active on mm. because I'm starting to do more photography. Okay. Um, well, I'm. That's what I really want to go on tour for is photography. Photography. Yeah. So, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And that's pretty much it. I don't have any other like Flickr accounts or no, yeah. Who needs MySpace? <laughs> and then my website I don't use at all. So. My MySpace.com/slash Kaim interviews. Yeah, AIM. Yeah. <laughs> you up. have an AOL address. Yeah, AOL. Yeah, I do have an AOL address. <laughs> so yeah. you're, you're rolling with Kevin Lyman there. Oh my gosh, does he have an AOL yes. too? Okay, <laughs> everyone comments Kevin, on that. Kevin Lyman has an AOL. Uh, one of my teachers at Musicians Institute has uh. an AOL. It's so funny. They're proud of it. They love it. Yeah, I mean, I don't love it. I'm actually pretty embarrassed. But the reason, <laughs> the reason why I don't change it is because everyone's always like, oh, you know, like, you're on newsletters and you're on certain chains for, right. for labels and certain people flag your stuff so that they can get a notification when only your email comes in. Right. So I don't want to switch that over to my, because I do have kaiminterviews at gmail.com, but I don't want to switch over to that being my main thing because... I feel like people might let it; those requests go by the wayside because it see. doesn't pop in their head, and I don't right. know. Some people know me by Tim instead of Kaim interviews, but some people don't even think my name's Tim; they just think my name's Kaim. That's okay. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm waiting for people to just start calling me Rocky. And yeah. That's not even my name. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I got a guy to believe my name was Bear for like three years. Really? I don't remember who he was though. <laughs> <Bear>. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Tim, any last things you want to say before we get this? No, I mean, well, I guess, yeah, thanks to everyone that ever watches one of my interviews. Um, I quit my full-time job so that I could do this full-time. Nice. So I appreciate you watching, and leave a comment, interact with me, because I'm always on the internet, I'm always on Twitter, I get notifications for everything, so if you feel free to ask questions, please do so. Oh, and if you want, add me on Facebook, my name's Tim Kayam. And if you want to message me on there, that's probably the easiest way. So. And I think the title of this uh, actual episode is going to be Kayam Podcast. Yeah. How about right. that? <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. For, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. All right, man. Thank you, Tim, for coming on to the Kill Rock Podcast. It was such a blast. And if you guys have been able to go down to KillRockPodcast.com, we have been uh, making playlists, uh, YouTube playlists. The last couple of weeks, the week before we had Hotel Books' favorite uh, music videos, actually Cam Smith's favorite music videos, and last week we had our favorite YouTube personalities, which included a video from a Digital Tour Bus with our former guest, Prepare Like a Bride, also Jared Dines, uh, Jared Alonji, misheard lyric videos are possibly my favorite videos on YouTube. And it's not because uh, it's new to me. It's because it's something that I would always do. And I wish that those things existed when I was younger because I would have probably been, you know, submitting so many songs. Uh, and the songs that actually have been on there, like Under Oath songs and Thrice songs and Taken Back Sunday songs, all misheard lyrics. I love Jared Alonji's misheard lyrics. Uh, and also, obviously, we had Tim Kayyem. His uh, track by track, actually, I think it was the album, uh, album synopsis of The Night Got Slept by Silent Planet. And, of course, one of my oldies with the chariot for IndieVisionMusic.com. I am, I used to be, 
a YouTube personality, at least eight videos worth. So uh, go check out IndieVisionMusic.com if you want to go back in time. And those playlists will be on KillRockPodcast.com. You could also go uh, follow our channel, Kill Rock Podcast. I promise there will be some original content on there soon. We're just working out the kinks and the bugs, but they will be up. You know, videos, original videos will be up there for the Kill Rock Podcast soon. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Tim, for joining us. I talked earlier in this episode about a new guest, an interview that I did on Monday before I saw 68 on the rooftop in at Live Nation in Hollywood, California. So I, I, I guess I told you I was going to announce it now, right? Who is going to be the guest? Okay, I'll announce it now. On March 30th, the last Monday of March in 2015, we are going to have Levi the Poet. <laughs> Levi the Poet! That's right! Yeah! Man, that guy gets me every time. Woo! Every time. Yes, we have Levi the Poet coming on the Kill Rock Podcast March 30th. We're going to talk about correspondence. We're also going to talk about his West Coast tour that he's going to be putting on in May. The Don't Sink Tour in which he is booking right now. So if you are looking to book Levi the Poet to come to your town, go check out levithepoet.net and find out what states he's going to be going to and try to book him. Try to book him today. Thank you guys for joining us once again here on the Kill Rock Podcast. This is episode 39, Kyam Podcast with Tim Kyam. We are going to finish off this episode with a wonderful song from a band that just recently called it Split Skis. And it makes us so sad. It makes us sad because we were going to have this band on the show, but it just never worked out. We did play a few of their songs from time to time, though. And we're going to play this song as a eulogy to the band Yours Truly. Guys, rate, review, subscribe. Go to audibletrial.com slash killrock. And help support the Kill Rock Podcast. This song is Kids by Yours Truly. Thank you guys for joining us. And we'll see you next Monday when we have Kylan Road here on the Kill Rock Podcast. (laughs) 